Hey everybody, my name is Pat Cohan with AD Insider Thursday 30, and today we have a special episode for you. Our team has compiled the highlights from the AD Insider on-campus series where we went to Florida, Ohio, and Texas to feature three different athletic departments and how their ADs are innovating the high school sports model for the challenges of today. Before we dive into this episode, we do want to thank our partner, Hometown Ticketing, for making the on-campus series possible. They were a huge part of getting this project off the ground, and we can't thank them enough for their support. So if you're looking for a digital ticketing provider, check out hometownticketing.com. Now, to start off, we'd like to take you to Cincinnati, Ohio, and show you how Elder High School makes its student section a part of the football game day from start to finish. Before our games, our students, our student section gathers up at the front steps of the school. Everybody meets down outside of the front doors about 30, 35 minutes before kickoff. Uh, we work our way down onto the field. We like to have them on the field for the prayer, so we make sure that they're attentive and listening, singing for the national anthem. And then after that, we all rush the field and go over to the cheering section and we get after it. Um, walk behind them, picking up cell phones, chapsticks, everything else that they may leave us shoes. I don't know how that happens, um, but uh, clean up behind them. It's a really cool sight to see them run down the field with the elder flags. From there, another administrator helps them into the stands. Once they storm the field, and then I'm down in front of the cheering section, and there are four or five teachers on the field monitoring the cheering section. The energy. They're loud, they're, they're, they're intimidating. The sidelines are so short and the energy, like you just feel like on top of each other. I've been in many games, but nothing's like the pit. It's one thing that binds the school together, I think, because in the cheering session, it doesn't matter what sport you play, who you're friends with. We're all there cheering on the same guys, wearing the same colors at the same school. We're gonna lose some games. You may lose some games bad. Don't you dare leave that cheering section. We're, we're all in this. And so that starts with going to your spirit committee, talking to your seniors, and saying, if guy here and guy there start to get out of the cheering section, no. That, that win or lose, we're together. Because after the game, that cheering section's gonna go onto the field, and they're gonna go into the end zone, and they're gonna take a knee, and Coach Ramsey's gonna address the football team and do what he needs to do after they shake hands with the other team. Well, after the game's over, I talk to the kids. The kids go celebrate or thank the student section. We walk up to the grotto. And then we come back down, and then whether it's a win or a loss, the band's there playing their songs, helping us get to the locker room. Those kids in the stands are just as much a part of what happens on that field. That's something that we did just to create that mesh. This is pretty amazing to be a part of, and I can't imagine the feeling for a freshman non-football player to have the opportunity to run out on the field and be treated like they're part of the team. This effort to engage as many people as possible was consistent across all the schools that we featured. In Florida, we saw Lakeland High School involve the student groups and staff not only to help with game day, but also to raise money for their programs. The Bryant Stadium experience is probably the closest that you could get to a college experience. On a big game, we'll have anywhere to six to 7,000 uh, people at the game. Everyone is involved from the ROTC to the football team to the band to the dancers. I tell kids when they come to Lakeland, there is not another experience out there like Bryant 
stadium on Friday nights. Probably the neatest part about being an AD on a Friday night at Lakeland High School is all the people that want to be a part of it. On a Friday night, we'll have the, a large majority of our head coaches and their families from other sports programs there. Uh, not only there to watch, but some of them are there to work. I have several coaches that help me that from other sports. Um, I have one in particular, our soccer coach. He's the host for the referees. He takes care of them from the time they're there to the time they leave. Our band runs the concession stand. So our band benefits every Friday night from a football game because all concessions go to the band. The football program helps with Crossraise funds. Um, we do the parking at all the home football games. And Darren gave me that about four years ago. And what it does is it helps us raise any, anywhere from the, the equipment that we're using to trips, to feeding the kids, to practice apparel. Our ROTC is a part of the cleanup crew after the game. They uh, spread out across the stadium. They walk the field, pick up all the trash. They hit both sides of the stadium, and within 30 minutes, that place is clean and ready to go, which would take a team of four or five hours to do. Creating a way the big high school football game can help others was also seen at Rockwall High School, where we learned about the I-30 Classic and how Rockwall High School and Rockwall Heath High School have turned their crosstown rivalry into a food drive competition that donates over 40,000 pounds of food to a local charity. The I-30 Classic is one of the best uh, high school football games in the state of Texas by far. Rockwall's on one side of the highway and heats on the other side of the highway. It's probably one of the best rivalries I've seen as a coach, and I've been coaching for 24 years. Our rivalry with Heath, uh, I think it's a, a healthy rivalry. It involves so many people in the community, and, and so many people have an investment in our kids. It's the hottest ticket in town by far. I mean, we were we were sold out within you know three days of posting the tickets. What's really great if you come out to the games is they have a student section and it is always packed. We're sponsored by Canes, like chicken. Our motto is if if you're not gonna scream, you're gonna go sit with your mommy. A lot of chants, a lot of school spirit. All matching colors. It's red, it's orange, half the stadium is pretty much divided. Uh, they flip sides every year and you can't hear yourself. The excitement, especially during the week, the excitement just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. It's not just about the game. Uh, we do the food drive every year. Um, so we partner with a local car dealership here in town, Toyota of Rockwall, and we do a food drive. Um, we kick off our food drive during convocation, which is the first uh, Monday in August, typically. Uh, we have all of our teachers, principals, staff all together in a, at a church here in, in Rockwall. And uh, we, get it, we get hyped about the school year, we start our food drive there and we carry it on as the student councils help kind of lead the way throughout the, those first four or five weeks of school leading up to the I-30 Classic. And then we announce a winner and we are able to get a ton of food donated. Um, each year we've set the standard and broken the record. Um, during a pandemic, during inflation, we've still been able to do all that. Um, and it's just a great thing for our local community here and for Rockwell Helping Hands, which is able to feed thousands and thousands of people, especially during the holiday season. Texas high school football is so important is because it brings us all together. No matter our beliefs or, or how we see things, on Friday night, we see it all the same. Now, during COVID, the topic of streaming exploded and everyone was trying to figure out a way to get their competitions viewable via the internet. During the series, it was fascinating for us to find out that Elder High School happened to be the first high school ever to stream a competition online. Since that time, they've expanded their streaming to all their competitions through a student-led news network they call ENN. In 2000, one of my 
students came to me and said, our football team's made it to a playoff game. And a relative of one of the students was uh, sent off to Iraq, but he had never missed a game. He, I said, we, we do TV every once in a while, but, and we have radio. He said, he's in Iraq. He said, can't we use the internet? So I built a server. So we went up to the tower. The tower overlooks the pit. And I had a student on the camera. I had a student on the computer. And I had a student doing both <laughs> color commentary and play-by-play -play from the tower. And we zoomed in with a handy cam hooked to a laptop. And we were able to broadcast to 25 people live. It was the first time, period, anywhere that a high school sporting event had ever been broadcast live over the internet, and it was done completely by students. The next year, we broadcast every event we could from the school. So we didn't just do football, we did basketball, we did wrestling. And this, uh, the football players, which was fun, they were the MCs for what ended up being a state run in chess. It's been about making sure that the students who are not part of the team who want to be part of the team, who want to be part of the experience, to let them be part of the experience and gain hands-on experience in, a, in an occupation they want to be part of. The benefit of having the sports network is it gets a whole different set of kids involved in the athletic experience. So if they wouldn't you know, make the team or don't feel comfortable playing a sport, it gives that, that level of kids something to do and something to be a part of. My first experience was it's a really stupid answer, but it was just so cool. I was just, I was 14 years old, coming in here for the first time. I came from a public school, so I didn't know anybody coming in, and it was just a great way for me to get involved and know people, and I'm still meeting people even to this day. Involving students in the media side of things was also present in Lakeland, where AD Darren Collins enlisted his daughter, who is involved in the professional sports media scene, to help create a student-led social media team that meets once a week to help cover every sport throughout the year. So new to high school sports in the last couple years is social media. I happen to have a, a family member, my daughter, who's involved in uh, working with social media teams on the pro sports level. And I had this wild thought that, hey, we should be one of the first schools in Polk County to have a, a, a team that covers the sports. So I'm Savannah Collins, and I'm currently the digital media reporter at Athletes Unlimited. Can we give Captain Alicia Ocasio her flowers? And you went for five innings today, introduced on a national stage, but I want to focus on those assists. This championship series, we have seen a lot of emotion from head coach Jerry Glasgow. So the idea for this media team sparked from a little bit of the evolution of my job, um, because when I was here at Lakeland, I did a traditional broadcast of the games in Bryant Stadium. I got to be a sideline reporter at 14, which is really special. Um, but that is one, expensive, and, and two, can be hard to continue to do year after year. And in my professional experience, more and more of what I've done has been digital. And a lot of it's done on my phone, and I think that was Really what inspired it is my dad and I talking about what I do and then him asking the question like, could we do this? And then me saying, I don't see why not. We can do almost everything on a phone. I would recommend to every high school, if they have the possibility to do it, you should get a student-led media team because that has been one of the best things that we've done on our campus. 
And that's what I think has really made the difference because, I mean, they love it. They get interviews after the games, they get blasted on social media. We have thousands of followers. Like, it's a small scale, but it's still giving them that satisfaction. If you want to start a media team at your high school, I think the first step is doing some student outreach going to classes, maybe you have some things related to media, whether it's technology classes or TV, even if you have a graphic design program, things like that. Um, find those students. Even if you know who the most outgoing student on campus is, maybe start with them um, because they're gonna be willing to put themselves out there in a program like this. From there, I think it's building out what platform works best for you. For our school, it was Instagram and Twitter. For yours, it might be Facebook. Um, and really identifying where does the audience live. And then from there identifying what's your goal. Do you want people to know when games are? Do you want people to get to know athletes? Are you trying to promote individual programs? I think once you identify that, that's how you can start to build your content out. So once you have your team, I think the first step is when they're coming into class every day, starting on Monday, talking about what events are going on that week at the school, and then from there, tracking out coverage. Um, so that's really what we do on Mondays. Um, some things happen in class where maybe we couldn't make it to the swim meet or the track meet, but we're gonna have a graphic made to update everybody on how they did. We're super excited about it because the feedback has been great. Um, people don't wait to Saturday morning to pick up the newspaper now. They follow us on Instagram and Twitter and the other social media outlets uh, to see what's going on in the games. This is going to be your opportunity to reach way more people than you've ever expected. People outside your state, when things start to do better and start to perform better, you'll have people who know about your school or know about your programs because this social media can reach so much further than the tickets you sell to your community. Now, in Texas, the innovations we saw went beyond technology into how they maximize the use of their facilities to the extent of actually painting a football field on a parking lot. It's pretty cool. One of the major issues that we have here on the campus at Rockwell High School is the fact that we're landlocked. Uh, there's not a lot of space for everything. So what we've tried to do is be innovative in our design of our facilities and our fields. And, and, you know, we've created a multi-purpose field um, back behind the school um, that has baseball and softball. We also are able to throw discus on it. People ask, can you throw discus on the, on the turf? Yes, you can if you maintain it properly. And we do that uh, because there's no place for our kids to throw the discus because we don't have the land here at, at Rockwell High School. So we did that with the multi-purpose field to maximize the only grass field we have left. And then as far as the band, um, you, we have a parking lot that is marked with a football field on it and it allows them to use that facility. So it's kind of a dual purpose and that's what we want to do. We want to find when we create things and build things, we want them to have multi-use function. And so people that come here see that. They see, oh, you have an indoor. Well, we have an indoor that has pole vaulting in it that has weight rooms in it. So it's not just helping one group, it's helping as many people as possible. It's not every day you see a football field painted on a parking lot, but it made a lot of sense with their landlocked campus. Another thing you don't see every day is a high school using their facilities to host a Darius Rucker concert. So the Darius Rucker concert, it was, it was pretty awesome, pretty unbelievable. Uh, this came to, it, it was Kyle Rudolph. You know, our NFL alum is a great friend with them and that's how we came up with this great idea. The setup was 
intense, over the top, huge stage. Um, they covered the field with a coating so everybody could walk on it. It wasn't an acoustic stage, this was a concert. From when the first semi-truck pulled into our parking lot, parked to our football field transforming into a concert venue was incredible. <laughs> Every morning we'd you know, do the old, this is crazy, this is crazy. But there are alums out there, there were faculty and staff, administrators, students, the ENN guys, they videoed during the whole week. Uh, there's now what they've called a time-lapse video to see set up to concert, to tear down. So cool to watch, so cool. But those were our students videoing. So that was cool to see everybody coming together. Much like the alumni network at Elder, the Lakeland Booster Club shared some ideas on how to think outside the box and create experiences that go beyond sports. The Booster Club for this program is like the heart and soul. Everything that you can imagine, you know, there's not too many schools, especially in this area, that have a turf field. There's not too many schools that have a jumbotron. You know, that's the Booster Club and that's just part of what they do. That's just a small portion. The Lakeland Athletic Booster Club uh, really is the backbone of, of our program. They've been able to port coaches, to provide stipends for coaches, to be able to keep good coaches here. So my advice to start a booster club would be sell experiences. Experiences sell. Whether you can have somebody come out on the field and flip a coin, or you have somebody run through a tunnel with the team, or you have lunch with your football coach. If you can sell experiences, those always sell in the community. One of the newest traditions here at Lakeland High School is a dreadnought wave. At the end of the first quarter, we take time to stop the game. Our team goes over, everybody in the stands turns on their light, and we wave to the kids in the hospital right across from uh, our field right there. Before the game, the piece that a lot of people don't even know about Jill Beavis takes three or four seniors to the pediatric board uh, to visit the kids, to bring in some joy. We visit the pediatric unit with one of our coaches, and so the boys get to interact. We take all sorts of swag and gear and t-shirts up to the pediatric patients. I think it will be a long-standing tradition that we always do the Dreadnought Way. You know, it's, it's, it's been a good addition to our program. It's, I don't care what the score is, at the end of that first quarter, and for the brief moment, we go over and think about something other than football and, and for those poor kids that's up there. The way each of these high schools engaged their community was unique. In Texas, they call it vertical alignment and put a big emphasis on making the community and the youth programs part of their strategic plan. Well, I think it's true in education as well as athletics. If you can get vertical alignment with anything that you're teaching, there's going to be better retention and, and more success. And so, so it's not only beneficial for athletics, but it's also beneficial from an educational standpoint as well. The way that we try to vertically align, starting at the high school, um, through the middle schools and even down to youth sports. Just some examples of that. We run a strength and conditioning program over the summer and we run it for all incoming 7th, 8th and ninth graders. We had um, close to 400 kids. What that creates is now our coaches who run the program, they know those kids, you know, going all the way down into the youth sports. Um, we, do a, we do a youth coaches clinic, not to tell them how to do it or to do their job, but to give them things that we do at the high school and give them things that we as coaches 
in the profession think could, could help them. And, and really more than anything, it creates a connection between us and those youth coaches that are coaching our kids. You vertically align by, by you know, creating stair steps to get kids where you want them to be. We start with the end and work back from there. So what do we want our, our students and our athletes to look like? Then we're gonna work back all the way through that system to make sure that, that we do have true vertical alignment. What I have learned is there, the two concepts are respect for people and continuous improvement. And without respect for people, continuous improvement is fake. And so the foundation of what we do is relationships. That relationship is huge so we can have high level of innovation to get to excellence. And that's the ultimate goal for kids. In Polk County, the district that Lakeland High School belongs to, they used a different strategy to engage more students with their athletic department, eSports. What are the times doing? They're changing. And what are they changing to? A more technological world. Everything, you know, these kids are glued to that thing in their hand. So one of the things we did in our district and we thought it would be very exciting to incorporate it under our athletic program is the addition of eSports. It's just like anything else. So they're, they're part of the athletic program. And I think it's really taken off. We've reached a different type of student athlete that now feels connected to their school, that feel part of the athletic program. And we treat them no different than football players. I mean, at the end of the year, they're gonna get their letter and their letterman coat. And it's kind of what they're good at. Our job as athletic administrators and coaches is to reach kids and then connect them to something and give them something give, to help them with an identity. Extracurricular activities is the number one dropout prevention program in every high school across the country. Fortunately for us, eSports was a huge success, very high demand. I mean, in the state of Florida, we deal with open enrollment. And a lot of calls this summer were, is this school gonna have eSports next year? Because if they're not, I wanna transfer my son or daughter to that school because I know they already have it. And so it really has fit right into the line of our sports. So I'm very proud of our athletic administrators at the schools of really embracing something new and taking an idea that we had and running with it and making it as successful as it has. And for our last segment, we're gonna take you back to Texas and show you what we thought was gonna be the big Texas game day turned into a lightning and torrential downpour but a really cool segment on how an athletic director manages that situation. Also, how they utilize the hometown ticketing app to send out notifications in real time of what's going on and when people can get back into the stadium. Where some would see problems and barriers, Rockwall sees opportunities to overcome. This was evident during our visit to film a Rockwall High School game day last October. All geared up to receive the thousands of fans that had already purchased tickets, we found Mother Nature had other plans. So, uh, you know, I told John, we talked to a meteorologist, and he said there's going to be electricity in the air uh, for another hour and a half. Kind of put on at 9 o'clock to roll, you know, it's, it's yeah. just a little crazy what's set up by 9, but yeah. hopefully we'll be able to do it yeah, yes, sir. Okay, well, we'll just stay in touch. I appreciate it, Dallas. Thanks. To many, athletic directors in public may look like professional handshakers, but the reality is they are responsible for every person at an event, which for Texas high school football games reaches into the thousands when you factor in the athletes, cheerleaders, band, security, dance teams, TV crews, and the fans. For Russ, as a district athletic director, 
double that because he was managing not only the Rockwall High School versus Mesquite football game at Wilkerson Sanders Stadium, but also Rockwall Heath High School versus Roy City away game as well. Oh, and playoff bids in the district championship were both on the line. So I got the coaches together. We talked about the plan. Um, we, we decided initially we would talk at, at an hour that we talked to a meteorologist who told us that there was an hour and a half of electricity in there and then there were cells moving up that would be here in two hours. Uh, what was your biggest fear with it? You seemed pretty intentional about making sure you were communicating thoroughly to every single person. Because, because they have the best interests of their kids, we have the best interests of our kids and you can't forget that. When, when, you're, when you're dealing in negotiations, you want both sides to feel like they, they were able to take care of their kids. So that's why I was very intentional on what I was trying to do, is to make sure that both coaches felt good about where we were in relation to their teams. Here's another example why hometown ticketing is such a great tool for us, is we were able to send out information to the fans and everyone that has an interest in this contest when the game would start. And so we were able to do that through the information we had have gathered when people bought their tickets. This example of constant communication with all interested parties and focusing on the main goal of safety, Russ was able to help both games kick off, bring home a district championship, and create a unique experience for the Rockwall student section they'll definitely remember. This concludes season one of the AD Insider On Campus series, where we traveled to schools in Florida, Ohio, and Texas to cover ways athletic departments are innovating their model to overcome the challenges of today. We also hope this project shines a light on the heroes of hometowns across the country, the athletic administrators of high school sports. So the next time you go to a high school sporting event, say thank you. They'll appreciate it.